And so let me just take you through where we are a week since those Hamas attacks, because Israel is still urging civilians to leave northern Gaza as soon as possible. It specified two roads which can be used by Palestinians heading south. Well, more than a million were told on Friday to relocate before an expected ground offensive. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has said his country's bombardment of Gaza is, quote, just the beginning. More rockets have been fired into Israel and Israeli airstrikes are continuing across Gaza. Military sources in Israel say a senior Hamas commander is among those killed. Israeli forces are continuing their build-up near the boundary with Gaza. While in the north of the country, Israeli troops killed several people they identified as terrorists who were trying to cross the border from Lebanon. And overnight, Israel's military exchanged more cross-border fire with the Iranian-backed Lebanese group Hezbollah. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, as I was saying, is in Saudi Arabia on the latest stop of his tour of the Middle East. Now, Jordan's foreign minister has accused Israel of flagrant breaches of international law and warned the displacement of civilians in Gaza was pushing the whole region towards conflict. Let me show you the live pictures again. At least 2,200 people in Gaza have been killed in the strikes over the last week, uh, and 1,300 Israelis were killed by Hamas gunmen over last week. And I just want to uh, uh, return to that UNRWA quote that I was telling you about uh, a moment or two ago because those sources there on the ground from the UN saying that one million people have been displaced in just one week. Uh, so this their latest uh, tweet uh, as you can just see as uh, we pull the strap away they are talking about the exodus. Uh, they say a million people have been displaced inside seven days. In the past 12 hours alone hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced. The exodus continues as people move to southern parts of the Gaza Strip. So that's some of the latest information coming. Before we move on, I just want to uh, take you to the pictures here in central London, outside of the BBC, and you can see huge crowds going down Regent Street uh, as uh, pro-Palestinian demonstrators uh, gather here at the BBC before they will start moving towards Whitehall. And we've seen similar scenes uh, across different parts of the world as uh, people come out and those uh, the pictures from just a slightly different uh, area just around the back of the BBC as more and more people uh, assemble here for the start of that march down to Whitehall. So that just gives you a glimpse of uh, what is happening here with that uh, pro-Palestinian demonstration and march. But let's go back to what is actually happening on the ground in Gaza because uh, I was giving you some of the latest de uh, details coming from the UN. Well, uh, Jan Egeland is the Secretary General of the Norwegian Refugee Council. He was involved with the Oslo Accords and facilitated talks between the Palestinians and Israelis. Now, he talked to the BBC a little earlier and gave us his assessment of the humanitarian situation in Gaza. There are hundreds of thousands of people fleeing for their life. There is a, a not something that is should be called an evacuation. Uh, it's a forcible transfer of people from all of northern Gaza, which is, according to the Geneva Convention, a war crime. There is a a, a a siege on Gaza, which means that people are starved. There was a 
bombing at the Rafah crossing, which everybody is pointing to as the only way corridor, uh, possible humanitarian corridor in, into an area. So I think really the uh, the UK, the US, the the EU, all that have rightfully said we're with Israel in fighting terror after the worst terror in Israel's history. I hope they haven't given a green light to smash a million children, because that's what's happening now. Well, there's been significant diplomatic fallout from the war. Saudi Arabia says it has paused talks on normalising relations with Israel. Well, Lord Malik Brown is a former Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations. He gives his thoughts on that decision. Well, I, I think this was anticipated. It would have been impossible for Saudi Arabia to have continued them at this time. Uh, you know, it has in recent years been quite quiet on the issue of Palestinian rights. But when uh, the events of this week unfolded, it, you know, raised its voice much more clearly in defense of uh, the Palestinian people. And it would be just in terms of uh, the optics and politics of the region impossible to press on uh, in any effort to, to, to normalize relations with, with Israel at the very same time that Israel was seen as attacking a Palestinian Arab civilians uh, in Gaza. But I don't know whether in the longer term, I mean, I think this is now up to Israel, whether it wants to close that door forever, which would be the result of a which will happen, I think, if it makes a long-term occupation or long-term military intervention uh, into Gaza, or whether it recognizes the need to contain its military action in as surgical and brief a form as possible so that it can get this back on track. Because for both Israel and Saudi Arabia, the stakes are high. It would be a reordering of, of the Middle East in a dramatic way. And I think uh, you know, there will be a desire to try once the fighting is dies down to to try and recover this negotiation. Well, the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, as we've been seeing, is in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia for those talks. It is the latest stop of his Middle East tour. Let's have a listen to a little of what he's been saying. Uh, no country uh, can or should uh, be expected to tolerate what um, Israel uh, has just uh, been on the receiving end of, which is uh, uh, an attack that almost defies description in words, in which more than 1,300 of its people were slaughtered, along with the nationals of more than 30 other countries, by Hamas. Uh, Hamas is not representative of the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations for the future. Uh, Hamas is a terrorist group. Its only agenda is to destroy the state of Israel and to murder Jews. And it's important that the entire world see it as such. At the same time, uh, as Israel pursues its legitimate right to defending its people and to trying to assure that this never happens again, it is vitally important uh, that all of us look out for, uh, for civilians. Uh, and we're working together to do exactly that. Uh, in particular, uh, working on establishing safe areas uh, in Gaza, uh, working on establishing a corridor so that humanitarian assistance can reach people who need it. Uh, none of us uh, want to see suffering by uh, civilians on any side, whether it's uh, in Israel, whether it's uh, in Gaza, uh, whether it's anywhere else. And uh, we're working together to do 
our best to uh, protect them. I think um, at the same time it's uh, vitally important and I know that our countries agree uh, that we uh, work together to make sure that to the best of our ability this conflict does not spread uh, to other places uh, on other fronts and so I look forward to discussing that. Anthony Blinken, well, with me here in the studio is our Middle East regional editor, Mike Thompson. Mike, uh, give me your assessment of this latest leg of this Middle East tour and generally, as he has moved from capital to capital, what Anthony Blinken has been trying to do here. Well, he's trying to get together a concerted anti-Hamas sort of uh, um, uh, grouping here amongst Arab countries. But he's having a, a difficult time because with the uh, number of deaths, as we've just been hearing, more than 2,200, and this imminent uh, ground offensive that will begin fairly soon, um, many uh, Arab people are just uh, outraged by, by this. Uh, and uh, not just, of course, in the region, but also, as we've been seeing on our television screens right across the world. And this is turning people, most notably, actually, Saudi Arabia, who he's with at the moment, a key ally who he's been encouraging to normalise relations with Israel. Now Saudi has said, as we've been hearing, that uh, talks on that have stalled. This is what Hamas wants. This is Hamas wants to drive this wedge. Yes, it was one of the theories in terms of why Hamas has actually done this. One of the theories was as we were edging closer to that normalising deal, Saudi Arabia, crucial players, it was to disrupt that and to uh, dismantle that. But in terms of uh, the wider going on and reaction in the region, interesting comments too from the Jordanian foreign minister talking about the abyss that was being approached. Indeed, yes, and of course... Um, the Secretary of State had talks uh, with, uh, uh, with King Abdullah of Jordan um, and the country has, is, is very, very concerned about this, 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 this abyss, as you just mentioned there. Um, and Jordan is a nation which has had strong relations with the US, so this has been in some ways quite surprising and very disappointing uh, for Mr Blinken that this should be happening. But it's really part and parcel of what it, the attitudes that are now sweeping that whole region. And there's worry because the Jordanian foreign minister was talking about the displacement of people and only on Newsnight last night I was watching a senior former military figure suggesting that people should go over, Palestinians should go over into Egypt. That is a real concern, isn't there, that potentially here the movement of Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip completely. Indeed. I mean, they're, they're all going into areas which, in the main, are quite agricultural in the south. There's very little to support people, to shelter people. And Egypt has made very clear that it doesn't want refugees across the border. It's got about 280,000 people that fled the war in Sudan, for instance. So it doesn't feel able to deal with that. That could change, of course, under a lot of uh, international pressure, uh, because at the moment people are being expelled into, into sort of nothingness in a way, and particularly those who are, who are injured and amongst them, of course, many uh, children as well. Presumably that is why Anthony Blinken uh, continues to talk, and we saw it yesterday in Qatar, about these safe zones, the discussions they're having around that, to try to set up somewhere with a bit of infrastructure for people to actually go to. Where, where are we in terms of uh, the ability to do that? Well, it's still very complicated to know quite where you would do that. I mean, there could be an area inside Gaza, in the south of Gaza, or it, more likely in in Egypt. But as I said, Egypt is very worried about having temporary refugees that it fears would become permanent. 
The other option, of course, is on the borders of Gaza inside Israel. And in a way, that might be easiest because Israel can oversee the situation. And, and as it's also responsible for the barrage and for the, what looks like the coming land offensive, uh, that would make sense. Michael, final thought, because here we are a week since those dreadful attacks from Hamas and just about everything in the region has changed fundamentally. And we are, we know this, only at the beginning. Indeed, and those, in fact, were the words that Israel has used, Prime Minister Netanyahu has used to say this is just the beginning. And you see the, the, the widespread concern, the, the outrage in the Arab world, the outrage in Israel too, of course, after those atrocities on Saturday. Um, but these are likely to deepen and deepen significantly as soon as that land assault uh, happens because this is a very crowded area. There's going to be an awful lot of life and it's going to be on both sides. Mike Thompson, thanks for going through all of that. And Mike talking about the hostages and uh, we were showing pictures uh, from those events last Saturday.